BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Hello, everyone. Welcome to With Wit. It's been a really great week. I've been doing actually an exceptionally good job of balancing my work, my momhood, and taking care of myself. Uh, So I'm really, really proud of myself at the moment. I wish that I had some sort of formula for this other than the usuals, like the obvious. This week, what I did was I scheduled in my workouts for each day of the week. Now that I've had them scheduled in and I've signed up for the classes, there's no excuse not to go. So that has been really helpful for me. I'm back doing this wellness challenge just pretty much against myself, not with anybody else. I'm meditating for 10 minutes a day. I'm reading my book for at least a half hour a day. I have just been really trying to pay attention to how when I do those things, how much happier and more settled I feel and how much more full I feel so that when I do get frazzled with work, I know that there's an end to it and I know that there's time for me. So highly, highly encourage making time for yourself and scheduling it in as sometimes that can be the only thing that actually gets you to do something. I also just had an amazing, amazing weekend with my girlfriends. I went out three nights in a row, which can't remember the last time I did that, but it just really filled up my soul. On Thursday night, I went out with my friend Melina. We just went to dinner and we had just a great, great quality time. Just the two of us got to chat, no kids, like really learn what was going on in each other's lives and actually make eye contact and not be like pulled in a million different directions. Cause whenever we see each other, we're usually with our kids. So I love her dearly, but it just felt so nice to actually just have that one-on-one time with her. And then Friday night, I went out with my girlfriends for one of my best friends, Sid's 37th birthday. We went to Grandmaster Records and then out to a nightclub. I couldn't believe I was actually there, but it was so, so, so much fun. I know a lot of you have been asking like how I decide on my looks and, you know, because I changed so much and blah, blah, blah. But I've been using this amazing stylist. She lives in Ukraine and her IG account is... 
Valentina underscore Abazur, V-A-L-E-N-T-I-N-A underscore A-B-A-Z-H-E-R. I found her through another friend. And basically what I do is I have taken pictures of my entire wardrobe, both everything I own and then whatever I have gifted. And she creates a PDF full of different looks. And then when I'm getting ready to go out, I just refer to my PDF of looks. And it's so helpful and really affordable. Like she'll make it work for you. So highly, highly recommend you DMing her. If you feel like you want someone to actually plan out looks for you or do some personal shopping, she's just so great. So easy to work with. So organized. Saturday night went out with the same kind of group of girls, went on a double date to this great restaurant called Mother Wolf in LA, and then went out for a drink for my other friend, Sean's 40th. So granted, I was exhausted and like mega hungover by Sunday, just like physically hungover emotionally hungover, like so ready for the weekend to be over, but it really, really filled me up. And I would say the dancing on Friday night is probably what filled me up the most. It just made me realize like how much I love dancing and how much that fills up my soul. So now that you have the latest on me, I will change gears and introduce you to my guest today, Jacqueline Johnson, a powerhouse entrepreneur. Jacqueline had sold her first business by the time she was 28, invested in multiple female-owned startups, and launched her second multi-million dollar company, Create and Cultivate. Jacqueline's work-life philosophy built on the cornerstones of female empowerment, hustling hard and innovation have propelled her voice to the forefront of the discussion on workplace equality, a new thought leader for millennial women and Gen Zers on the career come up. Her latest endeavor is New Money Ventures, a venture capital firm and brand studio on a mission to fund and build the next generation of game-changing female-led companies. I hope our conversation inspires you all as it did for me. Here is Jacqueline. I'm so excited because I actually get to just like catch up with you, have like a friendly chat because for all those who are listening, I've known Jacqueline for a while now. Like our paths have crossed in a million different ways and we have so many friends in common and business associates in common. And you have always just been such an amazing female entrepreneur that I've looked up to, someone that's been you know, that's had such a large voice in this space and especially in terms of building startups and raising money and just being like an amazing, empowering voice for female founders. I just think you're such an awesome woman. So I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you. And vice versa. I feel like the early days of like everything we've done, we've always crossed paths, different businesses, different friendships, family, the whole thing. So I'm so excited to chat. What are you up to right now? Yeah, so many different things. So I feel like I'm most well known for founding Create and Cultivate, which if you aren't familiar, is a media company for ambitious women, most well known for our large scale conferences and events, of which I'm still the founder, but was lucky enough to exit that company last year, which is great. And we have a new CEO who's incredible and the team is growing and that business is thriving, which is awesome. And so for my sort of next act, you know, what I realized was I'd been investing in female owned companies for a long time, like since 2012, I was an early investor in Away Luggage, other ventures, which kind of happened naturally through Create and Cultivate. I was just meeting so many cool female founders, wanted to obviously invest and support their businesses and loved it, like really loved doing it and found myself growing close to these women and also just like kind of 
mentoring and consulting on businesses almost as like colleagues at that point, which was so helpful. Right. And when I thought about what I wanted to do next, you know, I really kind of wanted to double down on that piece of it. So in January of this year, I launched New Money Ventures, which is a $20 million consumer fund focused on funding the next generation of female-led and female-run businesses, which is super exciting. So we get to invest not only money, but also in mentorship for brands. And it's been a it's been a totally new and exciting experience, very different than everything at Create and Cultivate, even though I think so much of that being part of Create and Cultivate and growing that business informed, you know, sort of what I'm doing today. And mm-hmm. it's actually fascinating because like you've been to a million Create and Cultivates and I think one of the number one things we just hear over and over and over again is like only 2% of VC funding goes to women entrepreneurs, you know, and it's That's such so a crazy, it's such a staggering stat, but like seeing it in practice, having now been a venture capitalist is even more shocking. And honestly, I can't even believe now still in this day and age that it's only 2% for women like that. You must see that growing, right? It's actually been pretty stagnant for the last like three to four years. It's it's wild because during the pandemic, it went down. Actually, it was Uh going up. And then during the pandemic, it went down. Uh And who knows what this year will end up being. Hopefully, we'll start seeing more initiatives, you know, kind of come to light and more more focus there. But what I really realized is, and not to say this is the absolute reason why, but I think part of it is the fact that only 5% of venture funds are run by women. So women having the decision-making power to cut the checks, right? You right. know, obviously a lot of women work in venture, but like the decision-making power. So when you think about that, all of venture really relies on deal flow, which is like people, you know, connecting you to people who, you know, on LinkedIn, who, you know, in your friend group, connecting you to different deals, right? These are like most of like the cold emails, as we know, it's just like applying for a job. If you know someone, usually your resume gets in the right hands. Maybe you get the job, maybe you don't, but you kind of get that like a little bit of an upper hand. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how venture works. And when you think about the fact that most of the people in the decision-making power are probably white, older men, their friend group, their connections are going to look a lot like them. So when you start thinking about deal flow, I feel like that's really where a lot of the problem comes from. So one of the things I've really focused on is and have great relationships with, you know, a lot of men that are running funds is giving them my deal flow and vice versa, right? But like being able to say, hey, I have this really great female entrepreneur and getting those, you know, decks in their hands to just even help facilitate those conversations, I think is a game changer. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So did you know always in the back of your head that like being a venture capitalist was something that you thought you would want to do? Like, how do you feel you landed in this space? No. So it's, (laughs) I don't, definitely not. I think I landed here because for a couple different reasons. One is that I actually never raised money. Like Create and Cultivate was completely self-funded. So I've never gone through the process of meeting with VCs, pitching my business, et cetera. But I have so scary. It's so scary. And like the whole, everyone I talk to is like, it's a nightmare. And also most founders, once you start raising money, your job just becomes constantly raising money. Like you have to constantly be fundraising, which is challenging because you also have to run a business. So I definitely like do do not envy those that position. But at the same time, you need money to run a business. So while I self-funded my company for a long time, I also got to go through two different exits, you know, so I was able to have my first business acquired and then obviously create and cultivate acquired, which is Mm -hmm. usually the end game for a business that has venture backing that or going public. Right. 
So I understood like what it took. So I think for me, what I started to realize, and I think we've seen a lot of this kind of play out in the media is like a lot of women were getting these amazing accolades for raising lots of money, right? Like it was like this billion dollar business, this, this, and this, which like everyone was like, build them up. And then when things started to fall apart internally, everyone was like, they're bad guys. And like, we need to like cancel them. They're not successful anymore. Right. And that's the reality is, is a lot of what played into that narrative was the fact that VC culture is really intense. So when you're raising money, especially some of these companies that have raised hundreds of millions of dollars, you have to be performing at like 10x what their investment is. So you need to be growing at all costs. And we've heard that a lot, like growth at all costs. And that means running your business like intensely, tirelessly, like as well as you can, which kind of was coming up against this entire like self-care, like we're, you know, anti-hustle culture conversation. And it was butting up against each other. And then I think basically they kind of collided head on and we saw the aftermath of what that was. So for me, I having built a business, I know like growth at all costs creates toxic environments. It's just, it's not good for the bosses. It's not good for the employees. But when other people's checks and other people's money is writing on it, you feel this immense amount of pressure. So what I wanted to bring to the VC conversation was not that. It was, I want to be here as a founder to provide the information and knowledge I have. I want to provide you with capital, but I want to help you build a sustainable business for the long term and not like a grow at all costs, we have to exit in three years type of business because we're learning that that just doesn't work. Right. So New Money Ventures, essentially, you've raised a bunch of money from like a bunch of different, whether it be companies or funds or personal people, whatnot. So you have essentially fundraised all these companies, fundraised, and then you use that money to invest in other companies that you believe in. And you're not only putting money in, you're helping them grow from like a mentorship side as well. Correct? Correct. So it's interesting because I think also our fund is really unique in that we have one LP and LPs are your investors in the funds. So some funds have hundreds of LPs. And like Uh you said, they raise from companies and people and write checks, you know, of varying sizes. We're in a really unique position because we have one LP and she's one of the only self-made female billionaires in the United States. Oh, wow. She's awesome. I met her through Create and Cultivate and her name's Jenny Just. She's an incredible entrepreneur in the fintech space and she's built an insane, I mean, I guess I should call it like empire (laughs) of what she's done. And so for me, you know, we have had long conversations about obviously the gap in financial investment in, in women. And so I, we were lucky in that we're able to really work closely with her on our investments and have her as like an amazing insight into what she's built. And Mm -hmm. then obviously what I've built on the other end of things, she's been primarily on like the fintech operations, like, and obviously massive scale, whereas I'm more like consumer marketing, PR, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we can offer a really unique value prop to people we're investing in. Mm -hmm. So, and again, some funds are like, here's a check talk to us in five years. Like that's how some people invest. And that's one way to do it. We're very much hands-on in the sense that like, I talk to my portfolio companies like on text, like pretty much every day. That's amazing. So it's really more of a hands-on approach. I love that. I love that. It's like a white glove investing service, essentially. Exactly. And now a word from one of our brand partners. 
Are you one of those people who is always thinking I have nothing to wear or constantly craving a new style? I highly recommend Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $88 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 300 brands in a range of sizes, fast, free shipping and returns, and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility, and the option to buy what you love at a discount. Newly is designed to give you everything you need to get inspired, get creative, and explore your style, and check out new trends, check out new silhouettes, and maybe sizes without any commitments. It's perfect for bringing your closet up to speed this summer and for the fall, so say yes to all the summer trends, the sets, the prints, the bright colors, the checker prints, the crochet without feeling that fast fashion ick. Newly is already a great value at $88 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $10 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code WITHWIT10. Just go to Newly, that's N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code WITHWIT10. 10 and sign up to get $10 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code WITHWIT10. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. All right. You've heard me talk about Just Thrive before. You keep hearing about it because I truly believe in it. It is what you need to keep your gut health in check, as you should, because it affects everything, your weight, your mood, skin, digestion, because your gut houses up to 80% of your immune system. A healthy gut is truly the gateway to feeling your best. With Just Thrive Probiotic, it's now easier than ever to give your gut what it needs to thrive. Just Thrive's breakthrough award-winning probiotic is the only product on the market that's proven to turn your gut into an antioxidant factory. You get maximum immune, digestive, and total body health support. It's vegan-friendly, gluten-free, dairy-free, histamine-free, and non-GMO. And the best part, you can open the capsule and sprinkle it into any food or drinks. Just Thrive has been loudly endorsed by some of the biggest health luminaries on the planet. This company is changing the game in the supplement industry. No fake marketing, no claims, just real scientifically proven results. So if you're looking for the best in gut health and immune support, choose the clinically proven award-winning power of Just Thrive Probiotic. Save 15% site-wide at justthrivehealth.com by using using promo code WIT. Justthrivehealth.com, promo code WIT. Now back to with WIT. I mean, what you're doing is something that I'm trying to do on my own without actually making it a business. Like I have found that being an influencer is not necessarily the most sustainable career, right? And it's not something that you have the most control over. Like there are certain things that I do, like my podcast that comes out every week and my YouTube and my like, rent the runway collaborations. Like those things are things that I have going on that I can like depend on. But when you don't necessarily have the most control over like when brand deals are going to come in and whatnot. So for Timmy and I, we've tried to, you know, we have really looked at that and we're like, we know that this may not last forever. Like let's start to invest in companies that we believe in so that this can outlast what we're doing right now. Right. And like, I think that's the way of the world. I think that like, there are so many people doing such amazing 
amazing things. If you have the ability to invest in them, then you totally should. I feel like there's so many women listening that are interested, even if they were to put like a thousand dollars in, you know, like how, what's like an attainable way for women listening to do this without it being like a whole business situation. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So I get asked all the time, like, how do you become an angel investor? And like the yeah. answer, the answer is, is like, you just start telling people you're an angel investor. Yeah. Like, there's no real, like, I just put it on my LinkedIn and now I get like, I would get people messaging me like, and I would invest in one company and then other companies, they would tell other people like, oh, you should chat with Jacqueline. And like, yeah. again, angel investors invest anywhere. I would say between like, to your point, a thousand dollars up to like $150,000. Yeah. Like, it really depends on like obviously the investment and what they're looking for, but it's absolutely something you can do. I always tell people like if you invest in crypto, like you can angel invest, like they're equally as risky in terms of like what you're putting your money into. So right. you can absolutely do it. And I know that there's also some funds that are opening up um, to more of a mass audience. Like I know Rachel Zoe's fund that she launched her second fund has a part of it that's crowdsourced. So like People can come in together. And then there's also the Helm, I believe, does this as well, which is another female-led fund where it's sort of like they can pull together. There's things called SPVs and they're called like special purpose vehicles. And what those are, are basically if you're raising money and you're like, I really want all these amazing women to invest in my company, but I also don't want a thousand people on my cap table. Right, right. Because it's like this person put in 500, that person put in a thousand, it gets chaotic. Yeah. An SPV will basically create an entity that will have all those investors underneath it. And so you pull your investments into one entity to then invest. So it keeps your cap table clean. It's an easier way to do it. Also, there doesn't have to be necessarily minimums. So that's a kind of interesting way to do it. And I know a lot of women that are doing SPVs as part of that. Mm -hmm. But I think, honestly, one thing you can do is if you love a brand and you want to invest in it, and it's not like a massive corporation, but it's something like kind of up and coming, slide into their DMs or totally. friend the founder on LinkedIn and be like, I love what you're doing. I believe in it. I'm looking to make angel investments. Are you taking on an investment? Right. I mean, someone would be totally flattered to get that message, I think. like, Oh my God, again, it would be the best day of their life. Yeah. Yes. And I feel like people would be scared to do that because they may be afraid of rejection. But like for the person on the other side, you don't even realize how amazing that is to hear. Whether or not they take it, it's like it's never a bad thing to do that. Totally. Yeah. So can you talk about some of the companies that you guys are invested in? Yeah, we have some really fun investments. So some of the more well-known investments we have, Crown Affair, which is a really amazing hair care line, luxury hair care line by Diana Cohen. So we're invested in that. We're invested in Gia, which is a non-alcoholic aperitif. It's delicious. I love that. It's so good. Yes, yeah. so it's amazing. And that's founded by Melanie Masserin. And then we also are invested in Joyo Tea, which is Jay Shetty and Roddy Devlukia's tea line. It's an adaptogenic tea line. K Skin, which is Winnie Harlow's skincare line. Oh, uh, Sun Care line. It's amazing. It's clean, incredible. It makes your skin super glowy. It smells amazing. And I love what she's doing. And then some of our newer investments, one is called Frame Reformer. I'm personally excited and obsessed with this because it's a at-home Pilates reformer. So think like Peloton for Pilates. Oh, amazing. And it's compact and storable. So that is an incredible female-led brand that I am completely obsessed with. I love 
Pilates. And then we also have Museum of Earth, which is going to be launching next year in Los Angeles. It's the first museum dedicated to climate change. So it's going to be really telling the story of climate change, our generation, what you can do to act on what's happening in the world. So we're really excited about that one. It's such a such a beautiful and amazing cause. And then our most recent investment is High Note, which is run by Sophia Rossi in partnership with Roy Choi and Justin Coit. And that is a essentially like a spice line. I'm sort of calling it like healthy hamburger helper for millennials because basically it's like a meal in a bag, but it's all plant-based, delicious, beautiful ingredients. Like once you try it, you'll never go back. It's so amazing. I have to try it. Sophia, I feel, I don't know if we've made this connection, but you know, Sophia was a talent producer on the Hills. Oh, yes. Yeah. So Sophia was like my first best friend as a producer on the Hills. She like made sure that we were all taken care of when we were like 20 years old and getting into reality TV. And she did that forever. And then it was through her that I actually met Timmy. So I'm so happy. She's doing all sorts of amazing things, but I haven't tried High Note yet. I really need to try it. Oh my God, you have to try it. I also did not make, now I like, cause I feel like I've known everyone through different echelons of like, I met Lauren through Kristen S and then I know Sophia, like everyone's connected, which is so great. And I, I, know. I feel like we all met like a hundred years ago, which is even better. I know, but it's nice to like come full circle now and just see all the amazing things that totally. we're all up to because I'm not surprised. Like you and Sophia and Lauren, all these different women that we started our careers with, like it's so yeah. cool to see how they've evolved. When you're, looking to invest in a brand because that's the hardest part is really, even though you can see sort of numbers and you get what their brand is and you get what they're doing, what to you makes you feel like, oh, I've got to invest in this one or this one is it? I look for three things. One and first and foremost is the founder. When you're writing a check, you're really writing a check to the founder, right? Like you are giving, you believe in them, you believe in their vision, you believe in their ability to lead, their influence, like what they're doing. So I, first and foremost, that really relationship has to be really strong. And we love all of our founders that we have as part of our portfolio company. So that's number one. Number two, I would say is, are they creating something disruptive? Is there a reason this needs to exist in the marketplace? Because one, it doesn't exist or two, they're doing it better than what's out there. And really thinking about like, why is this category important? And I think if you look at our portfolio company, like our portfolio companies, it, it really is disruptive. Like Gia, I feel like it's best in class, non-alcoholic aperitif. They were one of the first to the markets. I think it's so incredible what they're doing. Frame Reformer, the first digitally connected Pilates reformer, the first museum dedicated to climate change. High note, I've never had anything that like kind of hits in those like healthy categories that's like so instant. Like there's, we really are like, what is new and exciting about you? Because if you're like, I'm launching a clean beauty brand and I'm like, why? There's so many what makes yours like the beauty brand to buy? So like, that's really important as well. And three is really like, what's the long game for your business? Like, what is your end goal? Really understanding the long-term vision. And if that's not clear, and again, it could change, but if it, is, it isn't clear what you want to do, that's always a red flag for us. Like, I think even with Create and Cultivate, like people would come to me and say like, you know, what's your dream for creating cultivate? And I was like, we want to be the go-to destination for modern millennial women looking for advice on their careers, whether that's on your TV, at your product, at Target, online, on your social, or in the real life. Like that was it. And when people are like, you need to expand internationally and like, you should be doing this and thinking bigger. I was like, no, that's not my vision. That's way too hard to scale. Like, Mm -hmm. and that wasn't what I was very clear on, like what I wanted to do. And I Mm -hmm. think that clarity is so important. Mm -hmm. So I would say those are the three things that we 
like kind of like check, check, check on like where we want to be. And now a word from one of our brand partners. So I've never been a nudicles or big t-shirt kind of sleeper. I've always loved like a full outfit to wear in bed. Do you think that's a sign of a true fashionista? I mean, who's to say? Recently, I found Print Fresh, a woman-owned luxury sleepwear and lifestyle brand made for lovers of pattern and seekers of cozy, just like me, duh, created by textile designer and fashion entrepreneur, Amy Velotion. Flora and Fauna is brought to life on organic cotton loungewear and statement making home decor that is full of personality. They have nightgowns, dresses, robes, sets, sleep shirts, and so much more. I feel so fun and is sassy maybe the right word? Crawling into bed and their funky, cute prints. I'm looking at their site right now and just found they have super fun headbands too. I think I need the hot pink one for my nighttime skin routine. Got to step that up a little bit. But from bedding and wallpaper, to sleepwear and accessories. There's truly something for everyone who loves everything print. The best part is they have a large range of sizes too, extra small to 6X, plus free exchanges so you can easily return to find the perfect fit. With a new season around the corner, Print Fresh is welcoming autumn-inspired pajamas and robes perfect for the cozy season. So head to printfresh.com wit or use code wit for 15% off your first order and let the sweet dreams begin. Once Upon a Farm is the leading baby food and kids snack brand offering organic cold-pressed fruit and veggie pouches dairy-free smoothies, overnight oats, plant-rich meals, and more. Made with whole farm-fresh ingredients and no added sugars, concentrates, or anything artificial. Their subscription offering is fully customizable so you can pick and choose from their wide variety of blends or meals and switch it up before every delivery. Sonny has loved Once Upon a Farm forever. He's been eating it ever since he was starting to eat solids. Our fridge is always stocked. His favorite pouch flavor right now is the pineapple, banana, and dragon fruit immunity blend. He's a mage banana lover. Literally just gave him two bananas after school. These fresh refrigerated grab-and-go pouches can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere. Pack in a lunchbox, bring as an after-school snack in the car, take to soccer practice or to the park, playground, playdate, etc. Their new immunity blends are made with nutrition-packed superfruits like elderberry and dragon fruit and probiotics to help support your little ones. With blends like green kale and apples, strawberry banana swirl, and wild rumpus avocado, there's something for everyone. Inspire a lifetime of healthy eating with Once Upon a Farm. Found at retailers nationwide and online. Get started today and enjoy an additional 35% off your first subscription order. Use code WITHWIT at onceuponafarmorganics.com. That's onceuponafarmorganics.com and use code WITHWIT for an additional 35% off your first subscription order. Now back to the episode. Having had this like robust career and also building a career off like what you said, Create Cultivate, which is just obviously teaching millennial women like how to become the best businesswoman they can be. Like, what would you say is your biggest accomplishment thus far? I mean, I feel like this is cliche at this point, but honestly, just surviving 2020. I think (laughs) I literally like truly we were coming off of it was almost like comedic because I was like, I can't believe this is happening. But like, 
we came off 2019 was our best year ever 2020 was q1 was our strongest quarter ever we had just hired seven new people like in february like we were like we are to the moon like yes let's go and like the world just coming crashing down especially on an events business i right. was like devastated and I'm just so proud of the way we moved so quickly into digital. We completely redid our entire business model. All of our event producers became digital producers. Our like experiential designer who only designs for IRL became like a graphic, learned how to make like digital, like we all just were like, whatever. Like, like we're the gonna massive do whatever pivot. it takes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> whatever it takes and just make it happen. And we did, and we ended up having an actually really successful year. We didn't, I'm really proud to say, like, throughout the pandemic, we didn't have to lay anyone off, which was such an incredible feat given we were a self-funded company, events company in COVID. Unbelievable. So I was so proud. Like, it's funny, like, you would think it'd be like selling my company or this, but it was just like surviving that year. Right. Like, and not only surviving, but like doing well. Right. Every business owner I talked to has such like PTSD around 2020 because it really took, it was so hard to be positive and keep your team motivated mm-hmm. while also having everything crash around you. It's so true. So I would say I'm just really proud of the way we sort of pivoted in 2020. Yeah, I have like that similar experience. We were about to launch a Rent the Runway collection and it was all marketed towards like events, going out, weddings, showers, work. That's what we were designing for because that was the basis of the Rent the Runway model. And then all of a sudden COVID hit and it was like, no one's getting dressed and like no one wants to rent clothes. Nobody cares. And you're just like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And I think that it's all about having the patience and the wherewithal to know like this will eventually end. How are we just going to survive at this point? Like not necessarily even try to like make money, but how are we just going to survive so that we can exist after the fact? Totally. We were talking a little bit about how to find investments if you're looking to invest, but like, let's say you're a startup company or you have a new idea, like a lot of companies first feel like their first step is maybe raising money. And like, I sort of struggle with this sometimes too, because I feel like I have all these sorts of ideas, but then I need someone to actually make it happen. And it needs like the funding, but I'm like, wait, do I first need to like make the product or what do I need to do first? Like, is it the money first? Is it the product first? Like, tell me what would you say are like the first most logical steps when you have an idea and you want to start a company? Yeah, there's a a couple different ways you can go about it. So you can raise money pre-product, meaning you have this idea, you've done obviously research on it, you have renderings of the product, you've like got it all dialed that like as soon as someone writes you a check, you hit a button and it's go time, right? Mm -hmm. So you can raise essentially on a well-researched, well-executed idea. And that's one way to do it. When you do it that way, you're likely giving up a lot more of your company because it's a lot riskier for the investor, right? So they're like, we want to own more. We want a lower valuation because we want to come in. We're taking on all the risk, essentially, that this is going to happen. So that's one way to think about it. When you pitch pre-product post-revenue and you have traction, money coming in, audience, people excited to be part of it, 
you're able, you can absolutely go raise money then. And you have a little bit more power over the raise and how it goes. So it really is like a choice of how you want to do it. And I think also right now there's like this narrative around like constantly fundraising. So like your C, your series A, your series B, your series C, your series C, you can also raise once and never have to raise again, depending on your business. And like, I think that's something to think about. And also you don't have to take venture. Like you can take really strategic loans. You can do angels. Like you can do different things depending on the amount of money Uh that you're looking to take on. Okay. Can we do like a fundraising 101 really quickly where you can teach me like, what does the seat mean? What is series A? What is series B? Like just kind of the basics of, of what that financial structure and fundraising looks like. Yeah. And it's gotten weird. Like people, like, I get to, so confused. It is confusing, but people are starting to make up their own terms now. So basically <laughs> there's pre-seed now. So pre-seed basically is usually when you're fundraising on the idea or the concept, et cetera. Your seed round is like your get started round. Like you have the idea, you have the concept and you're looking for your initial investment if you don't do a pre-seed round. Okay. Once you hit your series A, like series A is pretty serious. So series A, you need a board. So you need to have a board. You need to obviously have a proven track record. You've been in the market for a while. You have that sort of stability of, a, of your brand. Once you get into series B, series C's, like it's all kind of the same thing. You're just growing, growing, growing. You're raising, raising, raising. And then eventually like the goal will either be to go public or just like sell. So yeah. like when you look at companies, like I don't even know, like Airbnb or whatever, like you, they've gotten to like series D, series uh-huh. E, and you're uh-huh. like, what's the plan here? Right. It's to go public. Right. So if, if no one's going to acquire them, right? So that's typically how it works. And it really is random. People raise $40 million on a series A. People raise $2 million on a series A. Like, right. it really just depends on, on your business. But all of this is based on your valuation. So when you're starting a company, you need to think about what your valuation on the business is. So like, if you have a patent that no one else has, if you have a trademark that no one else has, if you have a technology or innovation that no one else has, your valuation will be higher than if you're creating something that already exists, but like a new, a different version of it. If you have a CEO that's already exited before, or you have strategic board members that are really high profile, higher valuation. So all these things kind of play into like what your valuation is. And so that way, when you're raising the money, you know what percentage you're giving up because it's a percentage of your valuation. So, I mean, obviously your goal as a founder is to try and maintain as much equity as possible, depending on obviously how your business is. But like I always say, I mean, you'd rather own 1% of like a billion dollar business than 100% of a of nothing. That's what my dad, like literally, if I could, like one piece of advice that my dad always gave me that has stuck with me to this day is like, you'd rather own a small fraction of something big than like all of nothing. And like that replays over and over in my head. Well, this has been so much fun. You're so easy to chat with. And I feel like I have an idea that I want to run by you. I won't do it here. Yes. No, please. I'm so happy to hear that this is what you're up to because I respect you so much. And I feel like not even looking for money, but just looking for mentors, people to point me in certain directions. Like you're so the ideal person that. So I'm so happy that I got a chance to learn all about what you're up to and like for everyone here to learn whether they want to create something themselves, whether they're looking to invest. I feel like this was a really good introduction to that. So thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure chatting with you. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney E. Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets.